0: wonderful tuesday evening on 97.3 city fm and it's time for us to talk everything technology we have some incredible topics for you today and it's going to be a great show welcome to city trends we have a show coming up for you. We have two major topics we're discussing on the show today. We have the music streaming business. In case you have no idea what that entails, we're going to break it down on the show today. And of course, we are going to be helping you as technology entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs generally, and as business owners and as people who even want to get into business to understand the right processes to bring out the right results. You've done it. You've tried it. It's not working. It fails. Well, Today, we have an expert in-house who's going to give us a good idea of how to use the right processes to bring out the right results for our business. That is a lineup that we have for you. Of course, we have the Watch Out segment as well, the brand new segment of the show. We have something on Trending if you were um, privy to everything that happened to google and the pixel device today well incredible stuff happening on the trending side of things we have the app segment of the show as well we have a crazy really really cool app for you to try out we have an app review actually from one of you so it's going to be really really exciting on the show i can't wait to bring you all of that but before we delve into that we bring you the how to segment with jeffrey Oreku
1: sapong and today he's looking at how to save data On your Android devices hello and welcome to the how to segment on city trends this evening we are looking at how you can save data on your Android phone mobile data usage has skyrocketed in recent years partly because of the popularity of videos photos and streaming on social media apps are also pushing for updates all the time The first thing you should do in reducing data usage is to limit your data usage in Android settings. When you set your monthly maximum data, you can also opt for automatic disconnection once the limit is reached. Also, you can restrict app background data. This will help control the amount of data that apps consume when the smartphone is not in use. Go to Settings and then on to Data Usage to set this. Another great way to control data usage is to use data compression or the light mode in Chrome. When this feature is turned on, your traffic is passed through a proxy that is run by Google and then compressed and optimized. This results in lower data consumption and also speeds up loading of pages. To do this, go to settings in the Chrome app and then select light mode. This feature also implements safe browsing to protect you from malware and malicious content. Update apps over Wi-Fi only. To do this, go to the Play Store then to Settings. Go to Auto-update apps and make sure that you select Auto-update over Wi-Fi only. Finally, set WhatsApp and other chat apps not to automatically download media. This will make sure that you only manually download the videos photos and audio content that you want.
0: And you can be a part of the show. Our WhatsApp number is 05499986996. The number once again is zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six. That is the WhatsApp number of the show. You can get in touch with us as well using um, the hashtag #CityTrends on Twitter, and we will see your message. But remember that November is um, Techpreneurs Month right here on City Trends. Four weeks of engagement with some of the best of the best in ghana in terms of technology entrepreneurs we'll be finding out what they are doing how they are changing the landscape and we'll be speaking to them about their stories and then trying to understand just what exactly the next year for example holds for them so it's going to be really really exciting on thursday we're going to be publishing the full list of all the entrepreneurs or the technology entrepreneurs who are going to be featuring on the show in the month of november so make sure you watch out on that it will be everywhere literally everywhere and so uh, make sure you watch out for that it'll be on twitter it'll be on facebook instagram anywhere where you can interact with city fm you will be seeing the technology entrepreneurs who will be featuring in the month of november in the city um, trends techpreneur month but yes that's incredible stuff but then also most importantly if you are um an entrepreneur if you are an event organizer and you're doing an event um that basically focuses on technology development and things like that well just make sure you follow us on twitter there's a google form that we're going to make available to you all you need to do is just fill out the form and we will spread the message for you we just basically give out the details of the event that you are going to organize it's that simple and so yeah this is everything everything that you need to know about tech is discussed on this show and as a result of that one of the things that often happens is when you find um, someone with a great idea, incredible idea. He wants to change the world, this idea. And um, he's kind of caught between fixing all of the problems at once or trying it a step at a time. Now, if he's going to try it a step at a time, he faces a little problem of sometimes financing or like lots of decisions coming into play and it gets all confusing. And sometimes he wants to build it all at once, but then he gets confused because every single day something changes and he's caught in two minds as to exactly what to do well For someone like that, and for people who are probably building businesses and get themselves in a situation like that, how do they get out of that situation? How do they pick out which decision is the very best decision to help them build their business? Well, that is the core of our first topic of today, using the right processes to bring out the right results. And we have the CEO of Akaditi Limited, Nana Bambara aben who is joining us in the studio today nana you're welcome to the show thank you so much for making time to join us
2: thank you very much i'm glad to be here
0: well it is our pleasure to have you now one of the things that um often plagues a lot of the entrepreneurs who come on the show some of the startups is you know get into that situation where you want to do something amazing for the world you have so many options you know you have people pulling you left right center and you just not sure which decision is the right decision to make at which point in time in the growth of the business from your experience what would you tell someone like that who's
2: doing the listening right now a key thing that i would say to uh, this person who wants to do this you know great stuff and achieve some you know massive results or impact the world in a big way uh the first thing is vision mm. they need to be really clear about their vision mm. you know to have a really clear sense of purpose once they're really clear about that vision, uh, when they have that strong sense of purpose, um, a lot of different things happen from there on. Mm. Because then they have that inspiration to be able to look within themselves, but also to look outside, you know, externally, you know, outside in, uh, to see how best they can bring this vision alive. Mm. Um, you know what I find with many startups um, and of course you know uh, organizations that are also quite seasoned in business Mm. is that they have some sort of a vision uh, and mission but that vision and mission is not inspirational yeah it's not that inspirational and it doesn't really connect people Uh, it doesn't give them a strong sense of direction Mm. especially when it's to do with revenue or market share so they really do need to have what. Some organisations are beginning to change to from vision to having a massive transformation purpose an MTP. Hmm. So the uh, the greats you know like Google and many others are beginning to sh- they've shifted from having just a vision statement to having what they call an MTP. Um, So for me, it's the first thing is vision. And after that, of course, you need to really understand uh, what markets are you serving? You Mm -hmm. know, what customers are you serving? Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you don't know what to release, first of all, (laughs) (laughs) uh, then you need to do some research. You know, you need to really start talking to. uh, And when I say research, I don't mean that taking like a notebook or sitting down in some library or some uh, behind a computer and that. No, um, go out into the market, Mm -hmm. you know, talk to people actually get people who use apps people who actually use technology to get to understand what you're trying to do and they might be able to give you some ideas as to what the market wants Mm. so in in many cases um, uh, you know entrepreneurs they they have an idea but until you start engaging with Mm. customers Mm. with potential users uh, you might not have that's uh, clear thinking, you know, in terms of okay, this is what I can do first. Like, for example, WhatsApp. Mm. If WhatsApp decided that they're going to come out first of all with uh, instant messaging, with encryption, with video conferencing, with all the different features, it would take them forever mm. and the market would have gone. Mm. So, guess what they did? They came out with instant messaging because they felt okay. Um, high five is gone, tango is gone, <laughs> viber is gone. Right. You know, so the, the market is open, right. <clears throat> or at least their market share was weakened. Right. And they saw an opening and went for it. Mm. Uh, and so, um, uh, getting to understand the customer mm. and really, you know, what sort of customer experience um, are these people looking for? What do they want to enjoy? And how can you delight those customers? Mm. That's quite central. Mm. Mm. Well, aside. Mm setting out the vision and being very clear about the vision
0: and and everything else. There are, however, specifically speaking to the experience of technology entrepreneurs building software, like all that
2: code, all like, (laughs) like,
0: you know, you spend months and weeks sitting there, running through all that, finding all the bugs and like, you know, and it can get very overwhelming the average person they might be very clear about what they want to do how they want to solve a problem but sometimes just even sorting out the code in itself you know can be challenging yeah. now we we've heard about a concept called agile like if how how does agile for example help at least a concept of it help a typical technology entrepreneur who is in that sort of space to to figure out how to move from that's mode of or that situation of confusion to clarity.
2: Okay, so uh, for, I think it might be useful to, to speak about uh, Agile, you know, sort mm. of give the context. Right. right. Agile started in the tech community, mm. uh, actually in software engineering. Mm. Uh, for many decades, uh, people tried to build software and it was really, really hard because right. it's really complex. It software is. is a very complex business. It is. Uh, people think, oh, we're using all these apps and things, but they're not that easy to do. They're mm. quite complex. Mm. And so uh, when you deal with complexity, uh, you really do need to have A process in place that will help you to somehow uh, perhaps just work through the complexity and to be able to identify the core part uh, of the things that you need to do first. So uh, agile is a concept that started in the tech community and this is going back about 40 years uh, because producing software was so hard and back then these were big software projects and many of them were failing. Mm. Because the traditional project management approach that many people took um, or was using back then well, was not really working very well. Because you can apply that to building a bridge <laughs> or building mm. Uh, mm. A, a railway, right. you know, uh, a railway lines, you know, or building a big, massive airport. But when you take that into software development, it's a completely different paradigm. Mm. And don't forget also, the world has changed incredibly uh, going very quick, very quick. Because mm. when you look at since uh, you know internet, and then you had mobile, and then software, and with all these combinations uh, of incredible changes, uh, things have really started. Uh, have moved really fast and mm. continues to even get faster. Mm. Now, what we haven't noticed yet um, uh, in many parts of Africa and, and Ghana is that uh, you know agile is actually a revolution that's been taking place. Uh, in the private sector globally. Mm. Agile is actually changing the world of work. It's changing the world of software development. It's Mm. changing the world of transformation and organization development. Mm. And so, Agile basically, if we want to really break it down and make it very simple for everyone to understand, it's a way of thinking. Mm. It's a way of working. It's a way of leading. And Agile is a set of values and behaviors um, which actually are, uh, you know, quite uh, rooted in the servant leadership principle Uh, you know, the idea of servant leadership. So Agile is about values and behaviours. It's also about lightweight technical and management practices because don't forget what I said. Uh, Back in the day, we used to build these big, massive projects Mm -hmm. (coughs) and they needed, you know, one year, two years, three years, five years to build these huge projects. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, they needed to gather requirements for uh, 12 months, 14 months, 18 months. And so the way we used to do project management and build all these big projects could not really relate to software development mm. because software development uh, required you to do things in a different way mm. and in, in, in fact the thinking around software development is totally different from the way you, you would build a bridge yeah, yeah? and so um, being such a complex thing we needed to have a, a process a way that will continuously help us to unravel, to work through uh, the things we don't know. Because when you start a software project, you have a clear idea of the vision, right. you have a business strategy, you've got right. a business case, and um, you All know of that has to be woven together to exactly. form
0: a, like a comprehensive
2: plan that you can work out. Exactly, mm-hmm. and actually, from moving from vision strategy to execution. Uh, it's a it's a big one because Mm. you have like a thousand things on your requirements list Mm. and which one do you pick first how do you prioritize how do you begin to sort of uh, break things down in such a way that you can start delivering something that uh, can be used by somebody really quickly Mm. Uh, so you know what agile really does is force us to think a little bit out of the box Mm. yeah and it also it's a way for us to understand complexity um, as the world has become more uncertain, you know, more ambiguous, uh, unambiguous, uh, and also uh, we, you hear the concept of VUCA, you know, which is uh, volatility and, you know, um, uncertainty. And, uh, you know, um, it, uh, you know, so as, as the world becomes more and more complex, you know, we need a way of working uh, that will help us to basically uh, get through this, this, this process. So Agile basically It has a set of lightweight technical and management practices. Some Mm -hmm. of them uh, are just for management and others are for like technical practices around software engineering or just basically technology. Uh, But it also focuses, it forces us to focus on continuous improvement, Mm. Kaizen, the concept of Kaizen Mm. in the Japanese Japanese word. Mm. So it really forces us to think about continuous improvement. So Mm. when we say a a set of values and behaviors, you know, how does that relate to software development? You know, Well, guess what? <laughs> in software development, if you don't build a team that has that trust and has that synergy and has that chemistry to work together between mm. each other, well, guess what? You will have more bugs in your system. you mm. have more bugs in your software because mm. a team that's not working together very well yeah, will fall apart and they will not be able to relate to each other. Mm. They cannot work in a silo. They need to work in a cross-functional way, multidisciplinary skills, and they need to bring all of that together like... How do you create a real Madrid or Barcelona? How do you create the best team in the world? It's all about chemistry. Right. So values and behaviors really do matter, like courage, like you know, commitment, like focus, openness. Uh, and so uh, in the agile world, we have something called a process, a management process called Scrum. Right. So Scrum is actually an agile practice and this practice enables people to basically address complexity in a very different way. Mm. Uh, so when you have like a big, massive project you want to do, you have a big, massive wish list, how do you really focus you know, on getting the first thing out the door? Well, guess what? What Scrum does basically is a, manage- a management process that forces you to focus on delivering the most important thing in the shortest possible time. Mm. How do you get to know what is the most important thing? Well, guess what? Talk to the customer. So in the Scrum team, you have a team of developers, of somebody we call a Scrum master who looks after the Scrum process. Uh, We have a product owner who is the voice of the customer. So the roles are very clear. And the product owner, who is actually the voice of the customer, uh, continuously engages with the stakeholders and the market to get ideas into the team. But the the really unique part of all of this is business and technology people are sitting together Mm. in the same room Mm. and talking to each other. In the old world, guess what? There were different people in different buildings working in their silos. Mm. So it made communication and collaboration very, very difficult. Mm. So, Agile, one of the principles is co location, working together. Business and technology people in the same space working together. And, you know, guess what? I mean, it, when you look at the world today, Google and, um, you know, Facebook and some of the biggest companies like Apple and many others and Microsoft, they're all using the Agile way of working. And, you know, what I'm really pushing many startups and, uh, and other organizations to think about is, why are these organizations so successful?
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, the Airbnbs, the Uber, Ubers. When we see these organizations, the question we should be asking is, how do they do it? Right. Not what they do, but how do they do it? And many of these organizations, including Silicon Valley and the best organizations around the world, banks as well, you know, and even security organizations, they work in an agile way because agile is a way of working that allows you to address at least to deal with complexity um, in a way that is much more engaging and that you're able to work your way through this complexity. Mm. It's, it's, it's interesting how you break it down. But, I mean, let's say a team
0: of software developers are sitting around the table right now, or probably they're driving home, having had pizza, and they are faced with making a decision as to the direction of the company, do or die sort of situation, but they need to make the right decision. How do they, how do they decide on which one is the right decision to move a company from stage one to stage two?
2: Making the right decision is always a very difficult thing and you know to do that you of course you need to be informed about the market and your customer you know uh, what's really going on in the marketplace Uh, you need to look at other uh, sort of related uh, uh, companies that are doing something similar to you or the things you're doing Uh, you need to understand exactly what's happening in that market space. Uh, Apart from that, you need to understand what's going on with the customer. You know, where is the gap, you know, and how do you find that gap? Of course, it comes down to talking to people. Uh, And (laughs) I can't overemphasize enough uh, the whole idea of actually connecting more, uh, you know, with people, because Agile, really, uh, a huge part of it is largely about people, really bringing people together to understand, you know, what needs to be done. So the market space, talking to customers, However, of course, you have um, somebody in the organization who has that final say. You know, you need to have somebody who's empowered in the organization who can have that final say. And usually in a team or in the organization, we have uh, somebody called the product owner. This person is the person who actually has the final say on what will be built first. Mm. And so in a scrum team, you will have the product owner, like I said earlier, and that person will be responsible for making sure that the right thing is picked up first. Just one person. That will, it's not a committee that will decide what goes out first because the committee will take forever. So one person is empowered with the budget, with the team, with all the resources they need. And they are given the mandate to say, listen, this is your project. This is your product. Mm. You build it. Mm. And that one person decides. And guess what? If that person decides that feature A is what we'll go with. That's and feature A is what the team goes with and builds it and then shows that to the stakeholders and everybody else and it says, oh, we don't like it. Because agile teams work in short iterations, in short cycles, like a week to four weeks, because we work in short time boxes, what tends to happen is if you, sh- if you work on something for two weeks, for example, and you build something and you, you show it and they don't like it, guess what you do? You change it. But in the old project management way of working, or at least in some of the traditional project management ways of working, what tends to happen is most of this is done at the end of the project Mm -hmm. when it's too late. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. spent a million dollars already, Mm -hmm. and then you show the stuff, and then say, oh, we don't like it. Mm -hmm. So Agile is a way, like I said, of breaking down things which are really complex, and so you build a little, you show it, so it really allows for experimentation, and is really open to change. Mm -hmm. Feedback, thank you for that. It's Mm -hmm. the biggest Most powerful uh, way of working, you know, when you can get feedback from your customer. You know, you do something, you show it to them. If they like it, you get feedback and you can improve on that. Mm. So, um, you know, we talk about garbage in and garbage out. Mm. So so Agile and looking at Scrum, Scrum is a management process, a lightweight management process that allows you to plan. It allows you to do a daily check-in. At the end of the time box, maybe it's a two-week time box your team is using, you do a review, and then you do a a reflection called a retrospective. Mm. So it's a very simple framework and a management process. It's so simple that you can adapt other techniques within that framework to suit your organization. However, what it really does for you, it allows you to deliver something that works every two weeks or every three weeks or every week, something that actually works, that can be tested and then when it's uh, if if they don't like it, you change it. You go back. It's it's there is there
0: is there a place where, for example, if like I said, some of these you know persons are doing a listening, some of these corporates, some of these um, young startups are doing a listening right now. Is there a place where they can get? access to training and information about how to use these management practices that you've talked about?
2: Well, they can go to uh, Akaditi.com, which is um, our our organization that, you know, we provide a lot of training, global training. In fact, when you look at, um, you know, different roles like Scrum Master, like Product Owner, um, uh, people are able to learn these things and use it in their startups or in their small businesses. And, you know, the interesting thing here is that, you know, um, uh, we provide a lot more than just training, there's also coaching. So if they want training, they get training, but if they want coaching as well, hands-on coaching, mm-hmm. they can get that. We, we need to understand the paradigm shift that's taking place. Your typical startup, um, uh, it used to take uh, roughly about 20 years for your traditional company to make one billion. Mm-hmm your typical startup using agile practices and using exponential technologies, like for example, Uber, Uber use Visa, MasterCard. They use, uh, taxes all over the world. Uh, they also use Amazon Web Services, which is AWS, you know, for their technology and their, their backend stuff. Uh, they use maps. So Uber didn't really, they don't own AWS, Amazon Web Services. They don't own M- MasterCard and Visa or the maps. Um, just leveraging on not. They just these. leverage. And mm. that's what we call the exponential organization. Mm. Exponential organizations are agile. When you bring those two together, agile and exponential technologies, well, guess what you have? You have the organization of the future. So a startup with only two, three people or four people, five people, can actually have the same production power as Google, or as Microsoft, or any of the big, big organizations. Mm. And, you know, the the traditional company took 20 years to make a billion. Um, We're seeing around the world, you know, these exponential organizations going from zero to one billion in eight months. Mm. So, I say to uh, startups and small organizations in Africa, even the one-person business, if you really want to scale, and you want to really scale, you know, Africa-wide and globally, you need to leverage on these exponential technologies and the agile way of working. You know, and that will give you, you know, those, uh what we call, you know, you get to have some superpowers that would enable you to go far.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. As, as, as we wrap up on the conversation, you mentioned Akaditi Limited. Um, you know, how can people get in touch and, um, you know, learn much more about some of these management processes?
2: Well, they can come to the website, which is akaditi.com, uh, A-K-A-D-I-T-I, akaditi.com. They can go to the website. There's lots of information there. And they can also go to... Um, Agile in Africa, which is a conference that we're doing in Ghana between 23rd and 25th of October this month. Mm. We're having speakers from across uh, Ghana's industry from uh, really top names. I mean, if you go to the website, which is agileinafrica.com, you'll see a lineup of speakers from KLM, from various banks in Ghana, CEOs, um, from you know the ports, really large and small, organi- even startups mm. are speaking on the platform. Mm. They can come to this three-day conference and learn a lot. The first day is about just basics about Scrum, what's Agile. The second day is technology and innovation, and the third day is about leadership and transformation. Nice. Nice, and this is happening when uh, the 23rd of October to the 25th of October at Alisa Hotel in Accra. Brilliant. We've been doing it for five years, so this is the fifth year.
0: That's nice,
2: that's nice. Well, um, it's it's happening, it's this month, it's it in about is. a week
0: yeah. or so. So, um, just head on to the website, um, that's akaditi.com, that's a k a d i t right. i.com, and um, yeah, you can find all the information there and be a part of um. Um, this new learning and this transformation its not new, actually, it is the, the way the rest of the world is moving. So if you want to build a business of the future,
2: this is the direction you're supposed to go in. And uh, final words before you take leave of us i really do think that uh, if we're going to look at ghana beyond aid mm. we need to become agile as a country right. as organizations and also as individuals brilliant brilliant
0: well nana thank you so much for making time to join us on the show there is so much coming up on the show as well don't go anywhere this is city trends Thank you. So we're jumping into the app segment of the show and Jeffrey Okusapon is
1: here. So Jeffrey, what app do you have for us today? Um tonight the app is called Clue. Clue? Yes. As in C-L-U-E. Y- yes. Okay. Um so we got a user of the app. It's uh for uh, monitoring um period. Right. So it's for our
0: ladies. For the ladies. So there's an app for the ladies.
3: Okay. Yes.
0: All right, all right, that's that's a new one. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, but you are I've done looking, it once before. You are looking in this direction finally,
1: yes. Okay, so what I got today was that, um, a user okay decided to explain to me what the app does. Oh, gave that's, me a that's comprehensive that's good.
0: That's challenge. good for once. For once, a user is going to review an app for us. I can't yes. wait for this one. This sounds really, really cool. So the user is going to explain to us what exactly this app is all about. So tune in for that one. That one is something that I'm looking forward to hearing. The Clue
4: app. For me, it's a personal pocket gynecologist that every girl needs to have, especially the 21st century woman who is so busy with lots of things from work and home and all that. Now, um, what the app does is that uh, when you download the app, you're supposed to input personal data about yourself, your age, um, where you come from and all that. And then you have daily inputs that you do in, in the app that would gather your information. Uh, the positive things about Clue are like a million and one. First of all, it calculates um, when your period is due. And then it also tells you your fertile window and then when you should expect PMS. So sometimes when you're going a bit crazy, you probably don't know why you're crying over a movie or why you want to take chocolate and all that. But Clue is able to um, give you hints and let you know that, hey, today you are starting your PMS, so don't get surprised by certain things. Now, apart from that, it's the app also gives you information on how to deal on uh, deal with certain things that face women during menstruation. So, for example, cramps. Um, how do you deal with cramps without taking medication? And also, um, your acne flare apps and all that. It also helps you know what's going on in research when it comes to menstruation. Um, You know this is a taboo topic and most ladies do not have valid information or research information pertaining to menstruation. So every time you receive information on um, the breakthroughs when it comes to menstruation. Uh, Another positive thing about Clue that I love so much is that it's able to forecast about four months into my menstrual cycle. So from now until December, I have a fair idea of when my menstruation is supposed to start. And on occasions that your menstruation delays, Clue has this um, range that tells you that it's not time for you to panic. It's normal. Bear in mind your age. Bear in mind the things you've been doing over the week and all that, your stress level and all that. So when you elapse those days, then it will tell you that it's time for you to go and see a doctor because you've passed the days that it's okay for you not to receive, not to get your menstruation or your menses. So basically, as I said, it's uh, having your gynecologist with you on your phone Reminding you every day about things to expect, and then always letting you be on top of your game, and you really have surprise um, surprises when it comes to your menstruation because of Clue, because. And at times that my cycle has changed, Clue is able to determine that and that has actually surprised me. So even if you are on a 28-day cycle or a 31-day cycle or a 30-day cycle, sometimes things move up and Clue is able to estimate and let you know that this month you're probably not going to be on a regular 28-day cycle or 27-day cycle. You may shift a bit based on the stress you've been going through or based on your eating habits and all that. So, yeah. And um, it also talks about sexuality and gives you information on sex and all that. So one of the best app any twenty first century man should have.
1: Now that is comprehensive. That is comprehensive in all its facets. Now just just one part of what I was given. Wow! Like twenty minutes comprehensive explanation today. Charlie.
0: Listen, big shout to you, our listener, for giving us all this great review. And I mean, listen, if you're out there and you know you've used some of the apps or you have an app that you use, that especially if it's local and you really, really want to do the review for us, please do send it in. Just reach out to um, Jeffrey OI OJ OJ on Twitter. Make sure you reach out to
1: Jeffrey on Facebook. Send me a message. And then, and then let's just talk. send your review send to it. him.
0: And then th- let's this, do this is one of the most comprehensive we've had <laughs> on the show. And a big thank you to the listener there. We are now going to jump into our conversation about music streaming. Everybody loves music whether you like it or not it is the thing you can't run a radio station without playing music i don't know how you're even going to do it and increasingly you hear of you know platforms like spotify like apple music and recently according to data it's accounting for about 80 percent of revenues basically from you know the music industry as a whole it's incredible people are not buying CDs anymore. I'm not sure if people still do. But yeah, kudos to you if you still have CDs. Just, you know, for the, the feeling of it. People are increasingly moving more onto streaming platforms. It's The purists will probably get a vinyl or something. But most people are moving onto streaming platforms. And the costs are minimal to you, the customer. But then how does it really work? And how can, especially African artists, get their foot into the door? or or are they like that's the big question that we're trying to answer on the show today. And my guest is someone who has had his fair share of this particular industry. He's been very busy in this industry. He is the CEO of Three Media Networks, and he's the former country manager for Boomplay. Sadiq Abdullahi Abu. Sadiq, you're welcome to the show. Thank you, Philip. <laughs> um, such a pleasure having you. You've yes, been a very busy man, and um, we're glad to have you on the show. Right, now, um, paint us a picture of what the streaming services or the streaming Um, industry especially for music looks like from an African standpoint
3: well I mean previously um, when you release a song let me use Ghana Mm. just so people can relate to it better previously when you release a song um, from the labels the labels will focus on if if we had any Mm. will focus on the creative parts of it the production and all and then when it's done they release it to a distributor Mm. who then puts it out in the market uh, Cantamanto used to be the hub right. where a lot of these distributors were initially. Mm. So you release it to one of big distributor who in turn also distributes, distributes it nationwide for right. you. Right. And then, I mean, periodically or monthly, depending on the arrangement, you come for your money in terms of the percentage. But how, how are you monitoring Monitoring was difficult at the time. Well, you are monitoring with the numbers, mm. so you monitor to say, "Well, I've given you thousand copies. If I come, we will check how many copies are left, and then we know that you sold X um, copies, mm. and that's it." At a point in time, when monitoring became difficult, and there were suspicions relative to how— I can imagine. Yeah, because I mean, there was there were there were suspicions that some of the distributors were cutting their own copies and mm. selling them. So, mm. if you give a thousand, you come back. 100 has been sold, but in actual fact, it's 200. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, so yeah, when yeah. it got to that point and the labels and art, it really affected the labels. The labels went out of business. The artists had to still do the music. They had yeah. to fund their own music. And so now what they were doing was after they were done with the album, that was an album era. Yeah. After they are done with an album, they release it fully to, the world. Wheel it off to a distributor who pays them a lump sum. And then the distributor takes whatever, I mean, they take, you mm-hmm. know, at the point in time. You know, and that was where... It's risky, though. Yeah, it was very What's risky. If, like, the album is like a hit? Yeah, exactly. So, it, 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 it worked for the artist because, I mean, he has a price on the album. He's got it, some he figures. And for him, money. he just works out with no marketing budget, nothing. Mm. All he does is, I've done my album. I've given it to Big Ben. That's Big, it. Ben, Big ben gives him awesome some yeah. lump sum money. And that's his marketing and selling. And, that's I mean, his problem. It. That's his problem, you know. And it also had its own problems. Mm. And so, but... And then we had the digital era that had a lot of. You remember those times when you hear a song, yeah, a a. Somebody takes the song <laughs> illegally, <laughs> puts it on an, on an online platform, right. and then they download it freely mm. to play. Mm. You know, without any recourse or money coming to the artist. Yeah. Then we've come to a stage now where gradually we're getting we're closing in on the whole IP issues. So an artist releases a song. Rather than put it out to the block sites, initially, it was to them, it was a promotional um, um, strategy Mm. to give it to popular block sites to put it out so they can get the music out, so they can play shows. Mm. So, streaming has come to add to it. Um, The mainstay for a long time till streaming became very um, uh, popular with African artists, was live shows. Mm. So you remember, a lot of them will play live uh, shows. They they make a lot more money. money. So they release a song, they try to get it popular out there, they try to push their brand, push the the, the, the whole music, so they can become popular, Mm. and they can cash in on the shows, because Mm -hmm. they'll be booked for shows and all of that. But now, aside all of that, they're streaming. Mm. So fast forward, that young Ghanaian act, who does brilliant music, does not necessarily have to necessarily... Um, wait for a certain process, but if he has an aggregator deal, mm. or if he has a pro, a, 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 um, um, he has access to Spotify, YouTube, or any of these platforms. He could quickly upload it, sign any of their deals, and then he could be making money. That's it. And that's it. So streaming has has become the new distribution platform that allows music users to enjoy music at a certain convenience because of digital, mm. and also gives us and talents the opportunity to interact with their fans and also sell their music to them. Mm. So you mentioned Apple Music, Mm. YouTube, and all these platforms. YouTube Mm. has an advertising model, it's ad-funded. So that's why you don't need a certain sign-up fee, for instance, to assess it. But Mm. we are aware that YouTube Music is coming, and so you may probably have to. Spotify, Apple Music, Boomplay, you need to subscribe to it. Mm. You need a small fee either monthly or subscriptions on um, and, and, and uh, subscriptions so you can download songs to have in your own playlist in your library to listen to it so in th- this way the money that you subscribe with the money that you pay to apple music spotify and co some of it goes some of it goes artists. to the artists mm. you know mm-hmm. so but it's essentially it's a volume trade so the more streams you get the more your songs are played within the app the more money you make
0: but um, how profitable is it for african or Ghanaian artists
3: today yeah i mean it's it's become it's very profitable for a lot of them Mm -hmm. um i know how even in the industry some will say that it's made a lot of the artists very lazy because (laughs) i mean fast forward they are not really pushing the frontiers but Mm -hmm. some are really taking advantage Mm -hmm. of it but if you understand it understand how it works and understand how to beat around it it's very profitable how does Um, it work okay so it's simple there's what we call aggregators okay so aggregators are some of these platforms do not sign direct deals with the talent, okay. so you'd have to go through tunko you have to go in ghana there's me promo um mr easy just launched um, empower, empower distributions mm. there's a number of um, um aggregators who are essentially middlemen ah. these people have deals with their platforms mm. so you as an artist have to have a deal with them mm. and then they will distribute your songs to these platforms and then they would ensure that the payments are done and then they give them funds so they pay you quarterly so every quarter they put together, I mean, all the platforms that they've distributed their songs on Mm. and then pay you. So Apple Music will pay you separately. Mm. Uh, Boomplay will pay you separately. Mm. Um, Spotify will pay you separately. Either you get a a check combining all of that, but with the details showing you how you you fed across these platforms Mm. and then including YouTube as well.
0: How, how, How receptive are Ghanaian artists especially to this new wave? Of you know making money, because I can imagine a number of them will be skeptical. Like you know, why should I, you know, get myself onto an aggregator? For example, can't I work out my own deal? Type of thing. How receptive are they to you know this
3: new form of revenue generation? But, I mean, m- most artists today don't have a choice. You know, the, mm. the tagline that says innovate or die. <laughs> You've you you are the point where you would have to innovate, or you know you won't make anything. Won't make anything you yeah. know, but the deals are changing what is instructive to notice is that as if you're more, if you're big, have a bigger fan base and I mean, has a bigger following, you stand a chance of negotiating more, having a certain access or having a certain deal that works Mm. um, um, for you. So, some of the big artists are beginning to find ways around it and having direct deals. Mm. They are also there are a number of, I mean, aggregators. Now the aggregators are also going up and above themselves, working and ensuring that they offer a very big uh, deal for you the artist. So that, some right. aggregators, for instance, have access to playlist curators. Okay. Aside that, they are going to put their own funds into marketing and pushing the artist. So in this this case, you don't have to do that um, do that yourself. Some as well would offer a certain, I mean, service that's unique and I mean, more more beneficial. Than other aggregators mm. so but essentially they are finding bigger artists so recently you realize that Sarkodie, for instance i they would Dito music Dito music is an aggregator mm. but i'm sure that in terms of what Dito music offers or offered to him as a big artist mm. is quite different from what tunko would offer to them mm-hmm. for instance so uh, the more huge or big you are or you have a big fan base it gives you an added advantage to really be able to work around it and negotiate well in,
0: in this case what it means then is also flipping the coin once again onto the artist to get back to work yes you know doing much more for themselves as personalities as artists so that they can have you know a a bigger commanding you know i mean exactly i mean in terms of what they can
3: yes i mean i'll tell you a story on um so we're working on afro nation one of the the main co-founder of afro nation smith he Mm -hmm. was in town recently and we had a conversation he was telling a story on how mr isis for instance had done it Mm. So he will put together 14 shows in the UK. Um, that's, that's made.
0: Mm.
3: Um, of, of all these 14 shows, there's a likelihood that Mr. Easy isn't on the bill. Easy right. will probably reach out to him and say, Guy, I'm backstage. Easy climbs on the stage. He sees the crowd. He climbs on the stage and says, well, Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, this is easy and all of that. He comes on stage, they play the music. He ends up by saying, Stream my song here, 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 here. Now, that's a smart artist who Mm. has learned how to keep his brand Mm. and his music in front of the people. Mm. So, yes, you've got to work hard. If if you really want to make more, you've got to tweak it and do a lot of things. So, Etchuan. Etchuan had his uh, Shape of You on on Spotify. Mm. When you saw the stream numbers were going up, because they wanted to do more, they created an acoustic version. Mind you, the acoustic version will go... On some different playlists that would enable you make so much more mm. you know so there are strategies to us to it if you have a very solid person that understands this thing on your team consulting for you or giving you the advice or having a certain connect mm. then they can help you unlock these things I remember I made a point about when I said gatekeepers I know it's been mis- it's been coined negatively <laughs> yeah but this is essentially what people these people that's what that's they do. They do that that's kind that's of gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. They have got, they've got that access. They've got that network. They understand how these things work. So when they sit with you with a phone call, with an email, they can connect you to these playlist curators and all these guys that can get your numbers up. Mm. Mm. You know, so you can make more money. Because like I said, it works like a volume trade. The more streams you get, mm. the more viewership you get, mm. the more subscribers you get, the more money you yeah, make. Like you know, so it ranges. A number of artists are making i am aware that in ghana now there are some artists it, that, that have made within every quarter between between five hundred dollars to about fifty thousand dollars every month wow. every quarter sorry wow. yes they make that much money <laughs> they make that so uh, now more than ever that's why you probably don't have the artist releases it they have their own but and if your socials are right if you understand like people like Mr. Easy are always hacking in. That's why I you always use him as a reference point. Mm. But I realise that here more than ever the average Ghanaian artist is more than laid back and he gets some uh, every quarter he gets yes, his four shows, time. Okay, you know, he's fine. I mean, he's in he's in business. Mm. I mean but the more I travel out in Africa and I meet a lot more other artists I realise they keep pushing the frontiers. The guy will probably be on a cu- every quarter, he probably be making um, close to about a hundred thousand um, dollars from across streaming platforms, mm. and he keeps doing more. Mm. Benabar has a concert in Ghana. A lot of people do not understand. I mean, why ah, Benaboy, you people keep asking, Why do these Nigerians keep coming to my country? Mm. Why the Ghana is very uh, small, Ghana, Nigeria is very big. Well, I need to tell you the most streamed songs in Ghana currently across all the platforms are Nigerian music. How, did he got, how, did, how do you think mm. they got about that? Constant the constant coming, the constant mm. coming. By the time Ben will be done with his concert on November 22nd, between November 22nd and probably January, if he doesn't end up, if all his songs doesn't end up, you, you've probably come to realize that all his songs will end up on Apple Music Top 5 or Top 10. They'll end up on all these other platforms. Which will mean, of course, you know, more so revenue for him. Yeah, so that is part of the work. Mm. So today, unlike before... Where, when you have to do a tour, a promotional tour, the main idea will be activating the brand, activating the music in the particular market, and most importantly, pushing your top of mind and making some money from Mm. tickets. Mm. Today, more than ever, it's all of that plus a certain thinking uh, connection to streaming, Mm. you know, which is serving as the primary um, 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 channel revenue channel for a lot of artists. What it means is
0: that almost every artist must have someone on their team who is
3: thinking about these sorts of opportunities and how to exploit them the best yeah, way. you've got to i mean mm. you've, you've got to have the big guy in your team it's not fair, it's not a fluke for instance that beyonce's manager current manager is an investment banker <laughs> mm. Mm. i mean so he brings a certain level of thinking discipline and um, insight from a set, uh, different industry to music so the approach to raking in the money and she's gotten to that point where they have to milk every money they have every to find it they have to so for instance the guy would think and say oh I need to play coachella um okay coachella approached me well coachella i probably may not charge more but i see coachella has a certain level of currency pay me four million dollars but i've got all the rights for my videos and my performance Um, whatever i've got all the rights you don't have it just give me that right you say oh cool that's fine it takes a certain level of thinking and understanding, a certain to world to understand So mean. he knows he will be able mm. to go it and turn it around. Mm. So anybody's probably sitting on any artist's page, for instance, will probably say to you that if it's Wally's concert, the Rain Album, or Rapaholic, or anything, the person will probably say the video of it. We have exclusive rights for it. Mm. We don't know how to turn it around. Mm. Either YouTube, there's Voo Clips. There's a number of operators in, in town. There's a number of things that you can do with it. Mm. It's either you can put it out for free so you can grow your YouTube numbers, which works. Because mind you, if even anybody takes it, once your video has the songs on it and p- the person puts it on YouTube, Whatever money the person makes for commercial site comes back to you back to because she has a content ID. Mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. which traces back to your song? Coming, so coming back to that age-old argument, when are we going to have
0: an African sort of Spotify or something like that I, I mean because from, from what you're saying, a lot of it has to do with most of these guys being aggregators in that yeah. sense, you know so when are we going to uh, do we have one, for example, and how how
3: how competitive are they compared to the competition globally. When you say African uh, Spotify, are you saying something started by Africans or um, probably yes, a global brand started or Cobra by Well, there are a number of them. Mm. Aftown was started started by some young Ghanaians. Aftown mm. is uh, also a streaming platform in Ghana. Mm. Um, there's Udux in Nigeria also started by um, some young um, Nigerians. Um, there's not just OK must um, also, also become an app. There's a number of them, mm. you know, but you know you need some it's a numbers game and also you need some, um, some bigger market. budget or chest to be mm. able to really push up the front ends and reach out the, to, the, to the levels of the likes of Spotify and Apple Music and, and stuff they have bigger budget they are coming to Africa Spotify is now in Africa they, are, they have activated South Africa and uh, North Africa I know they are looking to the West Africa and other parts of Africa mm. um, YouTube Music hasn't fully gone since full scale but they are MTN acquired a platform called uh, Simfi Music Time. Mm. Uh, Music Time. I know about Music Time more because most of my f- former colleagues at Boom Player now at Music Time. Mm. Music Time is launching. Mm. Um, I don't know the plan relative to Ghana, but all these ones are are coming. But you also need to realize that because of globalization and how it's become streaming and become a global thing, and artists are looking to cash in from anywhere around the world, they would face competition from these people. Particularly when these things go up. Mm. But um for us to be able to fully enable it and ensure that um within the country and in Africa, there are other things impacting it. I mean data costs, for instance will impact it. Right. So the platforms need to find ways around it. I know Boomplay had a had a strategy where once you download they could have they they had a, 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 a less data, more listen, more streaming um approach mm. where once you are subscribed to it, just sometimes you don't need internet data. Right. Once you subscribe, you can download the songs to stay in your library where you can listen to it anytime if you want know. To without necessarily you know, Down having data. So it, yeah. you need to ha- know all these things and how to navigate around it. Mm. But it's coming. Streaming mm. is going to probably be the the biggest revenue earner um, earn yes. for talent. Mm. They just need to avail their minds to it and know how to navigate around it and make so much more from it.
0: So there is, there is a, obviously a side for the people who can build the platform, yes. who can contribute to building the platform. Mm-hmm. There's a side of the artists doing their homework yes. and figuring out how all of this comes this together. Comes. And of course, there's the part of the audience as well. Yes, um, for the audience. Those of so. us who are listening, which platforms we should be signing on signing to on if on we to want me. to boost you know, um, uh, the look of
3: Ghanaian, Ghanaian and African, Ghanaian African, and African, African artists. And but there, are, there are some platforms that are looking to put give more African... Uh, music African experience, mm. but it, it turns out that the average Ghanaian music user's uh music preferences is not connected to doesn't lie or it's it's not tied to just one uh, music format. Right. The average Ghanaian music user likes music <laughs> wherever it's coming period. from,
0: yeah. you
3: know. But I, I've seen how certain countries what they've done to um, instigate a certain love for their content and their music to that to such a extent where within the jurisdiction and it's all within that primary market and it's connection into the diaspora most of their people will listen to their music which gives them um, you know more which pushes their streaming numbers up the more streaming money the artists make in some countries the more the industry or the country itself benefits from from it So there's a
0: lot of work to be done then
3: yeah there is I mean from an industry perspective there's a lot of work Um, and that's where um, the point I've always made comes in the thought leadership element around creative arts and entertainment is, in this town is, is less, is zero. I mean, this is the point where, let me use the word again, a lot of the gatekeepers need to be able to avail their minds to it so we can drive the thought leadership element of it. There is a way other countries and other markets have enabled the art industry, and it's, privately, it's mainly privately driven. But this thought leadership could influence policies relative to how these things can be enabled. Mm. You know, it's coming. A lot of countries are positioning themselves and getting ready for it. Nigeria is South Africa had been there. How about us? We also need to find a way to have a bigger goal, bigger um, 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 objective of taking advantage of these things and ensuring that our talents come off well, become profitable, and everybody in the ecosystem also benefits. I mean, there's a way it cascades to everybody else. I don't know if you
0: are aware, but... If we want to take over the world, there's a conversation and an education that we need to have. And we are, we are not doing it, especially in the creative arts industry. Sadiq, it's always a pleasure to have you. And thank you so much for making time to educate us small. Because we know this is just the tip of the iceberg, but we really appreciate your time. And um, thank you for the education. So yeah, the ball is in your court, artist. You make it work for yourself or you wave goodbye to all the money that is being made. Enjoy! Oh, wow, yeah, oh, yeah. It's always incredible to have such such great people in the studio. A big thank you to my guests um, for joining us for these conversations, for enlightening us the way they have. And, um, yeah, for those of you who are interested in taking a second listen, the show will be available as a podcast tomorrow. So make sure you keep your, uh, your data running to make sure you can get it. Um, yeah, that will be all for today's show. Um, yeah, the Pixel is out, Pixel 4. Uh, Pixel Four, Pixel Four XL, um, a little bit disappointing in terms of everything. The earbuds um, are, are, are out are there as well. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure, but we'll probably do a proper breakdown of all of these um, next week. But please remember, on Thursday we're going to be releasing the list of techpreneurs who are going to or technology entrepreneurs who are going to be featuring in the month of November in City um, Trends technology entrepreneurs month which is in november so make sure you watch out for all of that but until next week
3: stay techy